You know those dark memories that keep you awake at night? The ones that make you go silently red while you're trying to enjoy lunch. Johnson's memory wipes can wipe the shame away. Thanks to Johnson's, I completely forgot about that time I was caught having fun times with a honeydew watermelon. Johnson's memory wipes. Wipe that Johnson and eject those memories. <laughs> Try Johnson's memory wipes. Wipe your memory and save your mind. Johnson memory wipes. I want to forget my parents having sex. <laughs> we need a disclaimer. Oh. Johnson's memory wipes don't actually wipe your memory. They can only wipe your Johnson. Be careful near your Johnson. We have no affiliation to Johnson. Or Johnson. Johnson, Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Neither of the Johnsons. <laughs> Neither of the Johnsons. They don't... They, they have no idea who we are. Hello. And by boys, I mean Barney. Hi, hey, and Rich. Hello. Sorry, I don't know. I went with I went with hi and hey. That's fine. That's <laughs> okay. absolutely fine. Hey, it's nice to it's nice to have more than one one little you know introduction in the morning. I like to give people options. Yeah, exactly. Some people are offended by a hi. Some people like a hey. Yeah. So now I'm I'm not discriminating, and I'm covering all possible avenues, well, apart from. You know the many other greetings out there, but howdy, those yeah. two, howdy, for for our cowboy listeners. Hey, hey! If you're a, that's kind of like the. Um, if you're a clown, familiar hey, isn't it? If uh, I doodly doodly, if you're Ned Flanders, if you're, yeah. If you're a Flanders, yeah. Um, I, look how progressive we are. Yeah, and then you've got the little, you know, got the, the little little nod. I mean, little yeah, I. Non, they'll get the it. Nod, they'll get it. Nod doesn't no, they work get it. quite as well on a podcast, but no, yeah. they'll understand. Maybe they will. Maybe they if do. If I just go, if I just go, mm. they know what. I I'm imagine they heard for. that. They probably heard yeah. heard the bone crunching movement of your neck. Hang on. If I do it fast enough, wait a sec. If I do it fast enough, maybe it'll catch the wind noise. Hang on. <laughs> there was actually a noise. There was a noise. There we go. I was that's, expecting you to headbutt your mic. I was half expecting Lou to just like dislocate something and just like slump forwards. I mean, he's injured himself with less movement. So. <laughs> I've had many an instant where um, I don't know if this is just as you get older. Please tell me if this is not just me. I really hope it's not. Um, maybe it just says a lot about my fitness levels. But I've pulled my neck quite a lot just like shampooing my hair. <laughs> I like can't legit. It's not I can't even say that I've long. ever done that. Yeah, I can't and I don't mean just like pull them. Up. I don't just mean like you know, <laughs> oh that sore. I mean like those, that one of those two or three days where you can't move your head in that direction anymore. Uh, I mean, I've I've done the same, but I was, in, you know, doing jujitsu and fighting and stuff. I mean, I didn't say I wasn't doing jujitsu while I'm sure I shampoo my hair, but just fighting maybe, a, a douche on the wall. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you're fighting your su- <laughs> suction cup dildo. 
<laughs> it's uh, pouring at it like when a cat like slaps something. It fell off the wall and startled me <laughs> because it's so fucking heavy. Landed through the enamel. I just stood in the show. Just heard, <laughs> <laughs> but much less hollow. <laughs> it's so dense. Oh, I pay for the good stuff. Feels very real. Real How have your? Uh, it's been a long time since we recorded. It's been too long. We should probably change our uh, description to an almost weekly podcast. An almost weekly. Oh, a yeah. whenever we feel like it podcast. Yeah. It's not really when we feel like it. We feel like it a lot, right? But it's we, just we do the, try to. It's, it's the timings. It, we. It's, <clears throat> life post lockdown is very busy. It turns out. Yeah. Who'd have thought it? Yeah. It may turns be, out when you're allowed to do things, should, people want to do them. It's, we officially should have started this way sooner mm. <laughs> like at the start of lockdown. Um, but in other news, we have some some good news, probably the best news we've had on this podcast since it began. Oh. Uh, someone has finally won the Aviator Island. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. yes. Of course. That's big news. My good friend, Dan. Yeah. Has won the aviator arms. They're still in my possession. I've not well yet. Well done, Dan. Well I've done. Yet, I've not yet given them to him. But congratulations. Uh, he Dan. will. He will receive some aviator arms. Do you think he owns and any aviators? Uh, I don't know. I think. I think he'll own Ray Bans. Whether they're aviators or not, I'm not too sure. One day, we'll when we've made it and we've got our aviator sponsorship, we'll uh, we'll hook him up with some aviators. Unless we mm. don't get an aviator sponsorship, just as a disclaimer, I don't want to write checks we can't cash. In which case, we'll set him up with a nice Squarespace website. Yeah, yeah, just to sell aviator arms. <laughs> yeah, or <laughs> those what are those headphones that everyone pushes. Oh, Raycons. Raycons, oh, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, we can't get Ray Bands, but we can get Raycons. I gave those scooters a go last night. Did you? Yeah, there's electric and, ones. Yeah, well, you're yeah. still alive. So I'm still alive. I actually went out. Um, I went out on them for quite a while. It was they're quite good fun. Um, was there don't... a purpose in your use of them, or were you just zooming around? <laughs> just for yeah, fun? so just for fun. Um, it was. I mean, obviously, obviously, I hadn't had any beers because you're not allowed to use them while you've been drinking. Um, but yes, they were very fun. Without those beers, is all I can say. Where was this? Was this around your? Uh... Yeah, I took it around Pitville Park. Around his ends. Around your ends. I mean, maybe we'll blank out the name of the park because eventually, over the episodes, I'm probably going to start revealing exactly where I live. But um, went around the beep park, and then <laughs> came back. You censored yourself. I'll, I'll try. And, came back. I'll try and use that beep from now on. Yeah, if you could. Um, <laughs> I'll give you a longer <laughs> one now. Beep. There we go. That'd be useful for uh, when you go on a rant. Exactly. Came back and then just, just rode up my street like a hooligan up and down. What, just up and down it? Yeah. i got to be honest, though, because they are they're good fun, but i got to be honest, obviously the, the tiny wheels and a rigid structure make for a very bad um, experience on tar- on tarmac that isn't perfectly smooth. So, Which obviously beep. isn't. No, obviously beep. park isn't. Did you so, um did you go and meet all the boy racers in Tesco car park? I, I tried. I tried chasing down a, a souped up Civic, but 
I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't going full speed, but he kind of, yeah, he kind of had the, had the, he had the, had the nose line, off the line. Yeah, he did. Yeah, exactly. He had the, he had the racing line as well. It's just, you know, I would have, I probably would have done, done a lot better. But um, like I said, I had those, hadn't had those three beers. So there's always next time. Yeah, there is. But I recommend them. They're, they're good fun. And then, you know, they're very jarring the, when you first get on them. But How much did this evening of fun cost you? It was three pounds fifty-five for each. How long were you out for? Like twenty minutes. <laughs> were you so, by yourself? Or were, you, were you with someone? Yeah, it was. I rode. I rode it round down my street by myself. <laughs> it was good fun. I really want to try and get a couple of people on one of them because I think that'd just be fun. Split the especially cost when as you well. try and lean into a corner, or and the other person one, doesn't lean. <laughs> yeah, I. I want to try getting one person on two. I think that would be. What, like trying to ride just, them like. Like roller skates. skates. Yeah, yeah, all roller skates. That's more relevant. Speaking of leaning, I didn't tell you about um, the time when I took my CBT when I was, how old would I have had to have been? 16, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my CBT first time. And for anyone that doesn't know what CBT is, it's a, a, a bike test, um, a motorbike test that you can take from the age of 16. At, and at the age of 16, it's only up to like a 50cc. And um, it was the first time I'd ever got on a bike. And so they just give you kind of a quick rundown of how to ride a bike, uh, what it is, what signs mean, make sure you know the, the highway code and all that stuff. And then they take you straight out to go on a really long drive, long ride and make sure you know what you're doing. Well, I come to this really, this really kind of sharp bend Looking like well, it's more of an angle, it's a 90 degree angle, and uh, it's a really busy road where lorries would come up. Uh, luckily, just on the other side of this 90 degree angle, there is kind of a wide pavement and stuff. But as we was coming around this bend, I hadn't had I hadn't really figured out yet that you had to lean to turn rather than turn the handlebars. And so, I was trying to turn the handlebars, and anyone that rides a motorbike knows. When you turn the handlebars, you go the opposite fucking way. Um, so I was like, I was trying to turn left with the handlebars, and my bike was going right, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just went straight across, straight across um, the road on, the onto the loved that. onto the pavement. There was a lorry coming the opposite way. All I could hear in the because you get like this radio earpiece, yeah. And I could just hear the the instructor like <laughs> he was not fucking happy. I still pass though. Like you could you could do that shit and still pass. Um, yeah, so good. Yeah, but uh, that kind of shook me for the rest of the test. Like cause this was right at the beginning. Oh my god! And so I went really slowly o- o- around every corner. Sometimes. So um. What are we here to talk about, guys? Well, Richard, we're here to talk about uh, an Edgar Wright movie. Um, it's been out for around is it eleven years now? I think it was released in two thousand and ten. Um, and that movie is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. As we record this, it is available on Netflix, and I would highly recommend people check it out. And I, I feel no ma- no matter how many times I've seen this movie, I always enjoy it. It's um, it's always a treat. Yeah. Do you know what? Even watching it this time is probably like the sixth time I've seen it, and I think I enjoy it even more. Like I spot new things every single time. Mm. Um, 
it's just so I mean Edgar Wright's brilliant for that anyway I'm, I'm sure we'll do oh I think we should do an episode on him at some point but his um, his attention to detail and all the background references and just the the absolute like what would you say like how solid the, the plot line is or, or how solid the the references that tie together are is just phenomenal yeah yeah, it's it's a really it's, well. I mean, we'll uh, I, I won't blow it too much before we uh, get into it because we'll we'll do our final thoughts at the end. But um, yeah, anyone that hasn't seen it yet, definitely go and watch it. This will have spoilers, probably. Oh, well done! I know, right at the beginning. I know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I'm right well on the game today. Even though I've, I've had zero sleep, I'm yeah. Look at me. Look at me go. Look at me go, guys. I'm like Lewis on his scooter. <laughs> whizzing, whizzing down the high street. Did you Absolutely. shout, look at me go, as you went past a gang of youths? <laughs> Absolutely. Look at me go. Although, I've got to be honest, you don't want to be heckling youths on there because they go, the, the scooters are, are fairly fast, but you could you could run after them. <laughs> yeah, and you definitely can't outrun their mopeds. In a solid pair of Adidas trackies, you could definitely catch up to the one. Adidas trackies add... I I hear each stripe adds ten horsepower to your legs. Well, I've heard that as well. Mm, um, yeah, that is true. That's why uh, that's why Shelby. That's why uh, Ford started adding the stripes to the uh, the, the Mustangs, the GT500s. Mm, yeah. Um, purely because well, in, of in red as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a bit of a history lesson for you guys. You know when. Um, most car manufacturers do it, actually. Um, yeah, Ferrari used to have four R's, and then they dropped one of them to reduce drag. Mm. Mm. I heard so that. So true. Ferrari. Yeah. I, and I think yeah. McLaren's working with um, with Shoezone at the minute to come up with some, some groundbreaking stuff. Um, yeah, I've heard Shoezone. That's the thing, right, is people, people wonder how Shoezone is going still going in the during the the pandemic but it is these partnerships isn't it that they um it's this the high performance footwear that they're really concentrating on yeah that's their really market. good r&d department a phenomenal r&d department have you seen it in stockholm yeah it's incredible really I, incredible well i mean some of the polyurethane footwear that they're putting out is just in, yeah. impeccable i've, I've seen elon tweeted didn't he sorry go no, on, i was just gonna say I've, on I've, I've seen uh leaked footage of people testing shoe zone shoes around the Nürburgring. How quick do yeah. they make it round it? Like, you don't even see it. It's so quick. It's about, yeah. 12, it's about 12 and a half minutes, I think, which is which is pretty good for a car, but, yeah, you know, really good for a I person. I mean, there's been, it, it, there's been a lot of death, though. It's, it's a dangerous oh. job to have, especially shoe yeah. zone shoes, because there's just nothing to them. And, mm. you know, it's that lightweight uh, manufacturing quality that, that people love, um, you know, it's low gotta, cost, low weight, the, but very high performance. Yeah, you've got to mm. take these risks to be the best, though, haven't you? Did you? Um, I think it was yesterday or the day before the story came out. It was um, that the testing of the shoe zone shoes. Um, Angela Merkel reckons it's, it's actually been illegal for the last three months because of the the high performance rubber that they're using. They're using like some really uh, incredible like rubber compound on the soles. And apparently that's not been approved in in Germany yet, so they're not actually they haven't actually been allowed to have tested them. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how they 
how they fare up against sort of like you know peacocks yeah peacocks have got a good shoe range and, and they're obviously trying to really break into that that high performance market so you know if, if shoes don't lose their rights to test on the on the nuremberg uh the nuremberg, nuremberg. they're not going to be testing on that because that's that that blew up into a uh, that was a trial um but yes the nuremberg they they might lose their ability to test on it. Yeah. So I think I actually heard Shoezone were going into um, F one next year just just to put in somebody wearing a pair of their shoes. I mean Lewis Hamilton better you know better look out because if someone else you know if someone else ends up getting Shoezone that Shoezone sponsorship and they go in wearing Shoezone shoes, um, they're they're just going to wipe the competition. You know Hamilton won't see what's what's coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I, George, George of Asda uh, 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 were catching up, but they've been caught in a scandal recently that they were fudging their CO2 emission scores. Um, fuck. fuck's sake. You just can't trust anyone these days. You can't, can you? And, you know, they promise that they're not using, you know, that they're using sort of um, <clears throat> ethically sourced um, buttons on their shirts, but you just, you just, it's not traceable. No. It's not traceable. You can't. Um, Disgusting. Do you think? Sorry, very quickly. Do you think that because obviously Nike, there's, there's been a lot of uh, scandal, obviously around the, the the reselling and stuff. Do you think that their their deal with some of the NBA teams is at risk? Because it sounds like I'm not saying that Shoe Zone's going to break break into that, but it, it's there, right? It could be up for grabs. I definitely think so. Um, I think Shoe Zone could be the next big player in the market. Mm. Mm. Um, I would. I wouldn't bat an eyelid at selling all of my Nike shoes and replacing them all with shoe zone, to be honest. Well, I've heard their sneakers come with three pairs of laces in case you want to, you know, because sometimes you do a swap and you're like, oh, that's quite nice. But, you know, you look further in the box, in a shoe zone box, in, a, in, a, in an SC, and um, you've got another choice. You've got a yeah. third choice. So I mean, the third choice definitely definitely swings the vote for me. Shoe zone all the way. Yeah, well, I think yeah. I think LeBron James is looking to um to bring out line with shoe zone. LeBron James, and yeah. um yeah, I mean that's that's what they're going to be called. LeBron James, going to be yeah, the LeBron James SC. Did, did I read it right that he's um he's actually thinking about wearing shoe zone in the new Space Jam? I really hope film. so. So I there's been controversy about this. So apparently. Um, Nike had the contract during filming so now they're having to pay Industrial Light and Magic to CG out all of the Nike logos and replace them with, with shoe the, the shoe zone ones yeah. they've had to effectively create 3D models of like 8 different pairs of shoe zone trainers and get them into into the movie which is going to cost I mean it's, we talk about Superman's moustache on, on the first episode this is, <laughs> this is like another level yeah um, just like the lace dynamic, yeah. Because I think it's the lace dynamics. They they spoke to Pixar because they did the um, you know Brave. Mm, there was yeah. there was they did a lot of work on the hair, um, on the hair in that film, and they want to use that for the lace the lace physics. Yeah, uh, in the movie because Shoezone basically didn't want. Um, I think because um, Rich, you might know more than this, but apparently Nike have like a distinct lace physics. Like their la- their laces don't yeah. operate the same way as as they, other laces. They fall in weird ways and stuff mm. so um but yeah it should be interesting to see how they how they sort that cg out to be honest yeah so. I'd, I'd love to see some, you know lebron running he's got his shoe zone shoes on 
and just gorgeous red locks of hair flowing from the uh, yeah. from the lace <laughs> eyelets. It's one of those ones where the brief's not tight enough, and they actually <laughs> misread it and think that they want the brave hair yeah. CG'd in throughout the whole movie. It's like see just see example of previous work that we that we like. And it's yeah. just this just ginger hair <laughs> flowing from these, the shoes. These fiery flowing locks just around his feet. <laughs> Is he on fire? No, oh no. It's... <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, we should, we, should, we should point out at this stage, I think, that we're not affiliated with Shoe Zone. Um, I know that there's been, there's been a little bit of hubbub on, on Instagram about whether or not we were or not, and we just want to set the record straight and just say that we're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in, if if especially if they do come out with any scandals, um, we we don't want to be affiliated with those guys. No. Uh, this is, this is just did, a conversation. But we did leak the information first. Yeah, we did. You leak heard it, it here first. Mm. But if anyone asks, you didn't hear it from us. And we definitely yeah, and we didn't, didn't leak the information about, about George Avazda's uh, CO two fudging. So no, that's that. Um, do you, does it surprise you? I'm sorry. I, I we'll move away from this in a second. But no, does please, it surprise please. you that shoes only still going? Like just look. Like I always assumed there's, you know. I've, I, I've, I always came across like the shoes own this poster, and it's um, I, I, maybe I'll u- use Lewis's beep to remove remove my hometown, um, but like you just look at the branding, you're like, okay, this is just a local place, but it is it's a chain, but it just looks shite. <laughs> it's, how how are these guys still going? Is it some kind of money laundering front? Well, I think it's it's the um. It's the Primark of the footwear world, isn't it? But even Primark has you know, some effort in branding. True. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe, yeah. maybe, it I think it's, maybe it's drug money. I think it's maybe it's not drug money. I don't want to like. Yeah, we don't. Throw we us don't under know the bus here. Yeah. It, I think it's more to do with the fact that they deliver shoes of exceptional quality at affordable prices. Um. And with a sale now on of up to 30% off, you can get a pair of shoes today. <laughs> it's been a sale now for 30% off for the last 20 years. <laughs> they opened, they opened, they, they've been, their, uh, their new store st- sale has just been going. They just forgot to take all the signs down. It's been on sale since the opening. Yeah, they, they have three closing down sales a year. Yeah, I love that. Like, That's another thing, just generically, is when people do like, those closing down sales and then the store's still there five years later. I love that. It's so good. Everything must go until we get stocked next week. I'm pretty yeah. sure I've seen a shop called like closing down sale. <laughs> it was probably in like Western Supermare or something. Just forever it's closing just down. Full of fucking sand shov- uh, buckets and spades yeah. and, uh, and rubber dinghies. Oh, I used to love those little. Um, there's little trinket shops when you go to like a seaside, a seaside town. Just you can't fucking move for them. Like three or four stands worth of post postcards that some of them have got humour that should have been left in the sixties. Yeah, and uh, well, that's because they've been on the rack since the sixties. Yeah, literally. I, it's like, I just love the fact that there's like four in a row all selling the same thing at different prices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like the, and I like that you've also got like they've got the one stand that's the really like picturesque like photographs or paintings then you've got the next one which is like kind of the typography i use that word loosely and then the next one is just loads of them with just like a, 
an older married couple and she's always got her tits out mm. or he's got his dick out. Yeah. I think what's, what's great is that, you know, they sell those kind of cartoon character towels that I've never seen anyone buy, but I can guarantee that all of our families have one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always, you always get gifted just, one, don't you? Yeah. So I've never, I, I just remember growing up, we all had, um, you know, there was always this, like, I think I had a Tasma- uh, Tasmanian devil towel knocking about. Yeah. No idea where it came from. Yeah, I had um, a Roadrunner one, I think. Mm. That was yeah, before I Disney. I had some That's sort of Looney Tunes one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so look into it, you know, if... Uh, if if you have one of these towels and you don't know where it come came from, uh, I mean I don't want you to tell me about it. Just keep it to yourself and think, hmm, that's interesting. Mm. Desperate to watch the latest big hit this summer? Well, you've seen Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Now it's time for Sport Milgram versus the world's most life-threatening nut allergy. This summer, get ready to watch Sport as he tries to win not only the heart of Trombona showers but also the hearts of America and prevent losing his own heart to the devastating effects of anaphylactic shock. Come and watch this blockbuster thrill ride as Sport battles to defeat seven evil exes and four child molesters (laughs) covered in peanut butter. Starring Michael Selavi, Brie Garcon, Anna Kendrick Lamar, Home Alone's brother, <laughs> Captain America, Mary Elizabeth Winstead instead, and 47 more. It's the theatrical release you've all been waiting for, for a very, 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 very long time. Sport Milgram versus the world's most life-threatening nut allergy. Coming soon. Uh, what are we talking about? Um, I can't remember, to be honest. Do we, is it, do we watch a movie? I can't remember yeah, if we watched a yeah, movie or not. Did, I, think, yeah. I think we watched a movie. I can't remember um, which one, though. It was called Scott Pilgrim in the Seaside Trinket Shop. Uh, yes, yeah, that that's was it. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, and no, he's, I... Scott Pilgrim is in this film. He's got to defeat seven <laughs> evil beach towels, each with a a different knockoff Disney cartoon character on it. Yeah, we have Rugs Bunny, <laughs> um, <laughs> Spaffy Duck, <laughs> Jismanian Devil. Um, I... <laughs> That's the, arguably the most powerful. <laughs> uh, road bummer. <laughs> There's why, 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 Lee Coyote. Yeah, nice. I'm loving the thinking time that we're putting into this. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> this is this is the important stuff. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, let's, are, let's leave it there. We've got. I thought we had two more. We can we can think of them later. Peppy Le Pube. Peppy Le Pube. There we go. Peppy Le Pube. Did you did you read? And it's just changing the subject. Did you read that they've canned Peppy Le Pube because he's a sex pest? 
Because he's so persistent. That's cool. Yeah. They've just taken him down. Um, I mean, he is, yeah, he is persistent. He, he, no means no. Even if you're a handsome skunk. So, I mean, yeah. I assume he's handsome yeah. by skunk standards. He's um, a good looking skunk. Yeah. yeah it's pretty good looking. It's, it's funny, but isn't yeah, it? No. Sometimes you just know cartoons are good looking. You know, Lola Bunny is, uh, is, is a good looking uh, bunny. Mm. Jessica Rabbit. Um, yeah, Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, I mean, I they knew what they were doing with that character, didn't they? Is she? They, they've oversexualized that character a little bit, but uh, yeah. no one's complaining. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's a movie. Yeah. It's a movie, and uh, and and it came out in two thousand and ten, which was. Uh, which was some time ago, at you know maybe eleven years ago ish. Um, let's uh, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's do that. Like obviously, I mean, when, you, when it, go on. I was just going to say when it first opens up. Obviously, we get the whole introduction to the visual style of the film, which I think is a big part of why I enjoy it so much. Um, with all the like comic overlays yeah. for character introductions, sound effects. I think it's, um, yeah, I just really love the visual aesthetic of it. I think it adds quite a lot to the film. It's, it's really good. Like they, they've obviously, they've, they've got a very good um, alignment to the, to the comic book series or that, that installment of comic books. Uh, I watched a behind the scenes video when they were talking about how they managed to really try and keep everything looking um as they wanted it so they obviously did the storyboards that were based on on um on the comic books and then they had these like full color panels that they were that they had drawn up and essentially they were holding that near the monitors so they were basically just ensuring that the lighting and and all the stuff they were doing like of course there were, there were green screen elements or a lot of green screen uh, a lot of green screening in this film um, a lot of VFX, but the, you know, the stuff that they could control on set, they were making sure that it was like, as close to the sort of the, the source material that they imagined uh, as possible, which is really impressive. Yeah, they yeah. did a good job. They did a good job of bringing it to life, making it look really interesting. And um, yeah, it's just ultimately, it's a really, it's a really well-made film. It's a really well-produced film. And uh yeah, it's, it it holds up all these years later, where you know quite a few movies don't. Exactly. Um, so we're opening up. We uh, so to begin with, we're introduced to Scott Pilgrim and friends, and we find out Scott Pilgrim is dating a high schooler. This high schooler mm. has the probably one of the coolest names in the film, Knives. Knives Chow. Chow. Knives Chow. Knives Chow. Who, by the way, is seventeen. And Scott's twenty two, um, and Scott's twenty two. So I mean, it's isn't it funny how like when, when when you're younger, like say you know sixteen and twenty, you know, is a four year difference, and it, and but sixteen and twenty is like whoa, <laughs> he's twenty, she's sixteen, and then, but like thirty six and forty. Yeah. Is is nothing, isn't it? Like, I'm, 
I'm not trying to justify anything. No, I know, I know, I know, I, know, I do know <laughs> what you just mean. Like, out. yeah, like it's people just one are, of those things that make you go, hmm. Yeah, like yeah, people are people are shocked at 16 and 20, but no one bats an eye when it's like 16 and 45. You know? Yeah, I know, right? It's it's all about perspective. Exactly. Yeah. I got um, an interesting fact. She was 24 at the time of filming, but she genuinely nice looks, yeah, a high schooler, the actress, 17. Uh, yeah, actress Ellen Wong was 24 years old but, right. at the time of filming. I feel like you could release Scott Pilgrim today and Michael Cera would not look any different. Michael Cera yeah. has, yeah, I think in the last year or so, he started to seem older than he is. But I reckon for the, yeah, from that time of that film release until like 2019, he's been the same age. In fact, it's only like... There's there's like three stages of Michael Cera, I think. There's Arrested Development stage, where he is quite young. Then there's the Scott he's got Pilgrim thing era. For his cousin. Yeah. He's got the the Scott Pilgrim era, where he just maintains that exact yeah. skin tautness for the next decade. <laughs> and then now he's uh, he's starting to look a bit more mature. Yeah. He's so taut. Very so taut. Damn taut. Such a taut skin. Yeah. Um, so after the initial scene where we've met uh, Scott and friends and we've found out that he's dating a high schooler, uh, with, in the next scene we're introduced to Kieran Culkin and I, I always find it quite jarring to see him because he he's just he looks almost identical to Macaulay Culkin but also completely different, mm. you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but he was great in this. Yeah, I really, I really enjoy, like his character. I really enjoy Wallace. Very good character. Yeah. Uh, what was the name? Wallace? Yeah, Wallace Wells. So, um, yeah, really great character. Mm. I enjoy his quips throughout. I guess we move on to uh, the, the point of this when we come on to meet Ramona Flowers. Ramona! Ramona. Um, but I think the way that she's introduced is quite interesting because it never really, well, I mean, it gets addressed a little bit, doesn't it? She kind of identifies why she was there, but it's obviously she gets first, she's first seen in a, in a dream of Scott's. Um, yeah. I can't remember at which point is this one? It's not the one in the school. That one's later. Or is it the one in the uh, school? Is, th- is this a, is it in a library or something when he meets her first? I can't remember the dream he's, sequence. He's a, I can't remember the dream sequence either. No. Um, yeah, but she kind of just I, skates past him, doesn't she? Whilst yeah. He's, and yeah. So it is that a dream though, or is it? Because I thought that um, unless I, I just can't remember exactly what you're talking about. I I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's sure a desert. Sees, like in a library. No, it's the desert. It's the desert dream sequence, and he she skates past him when he's in the desert. Um, yeah, are we saying? Zack Snyder copied maybe Scott Ooh. Pilgrim versus the world for his for his dream, dream sequence. sequence. Yeah, yeah, because she skates past him in the desert, and then he uh, then goes around at the party the next night to ask about her because he holds up that drawing to that guy, and he's like, "Do you know who this is?" No, he says, "Who do you know? Someone with hair like this?" Yeah. And he knows instantly who <laughs> it is. And he knows instantly. Um, but in the scene where he initially sees her, and um, 
and she skates past him and then I think this is a really nice scene. It's a really nice um few moments of storytelling and transitions because you know, it's this point of um of Scott is kind of in a daze, he's thinking about her and you you kind of don't see the end of one of a cut and the start of the next. So, you know, there'd be a really nice transition of um you know, he's yeah, he's looking at her, then it'll cut to the next scene where he's with his friends and he's like, Oh, how did I get here? And then it kinda of cuts and he's at this party stalking Ramona, trying to find out about her. And um yeah, it's just really nice. It's always it's worth it. If anyone's gonna go back and watch this, it's worth paying attention to these little details. The transitions are just ridiculous. They're so good. So well thought out. Agreed. Yeah, I really like it. Um I really like the dialogue as well with the same guy that he asks about the hair and he's talking about a new band and how they should market their sound to deaf people. That's how good, <laughs> that's how good they are. Um, but yeah, I just think like even the, the passive dialogue in this film is just funny. I think it's just full of yeah. laughs. And the, it's small details as well, you know, in the in probably the next scene where um, Scott goes home, he tells Wallace about... Ramona, uh, and then, and then he passes out. Or Wallace passes out, but then somehow texts Stacy, who's yeah. who's played by Anna Kendrick, while unconscious. Um, it's just thing, it's just little things like that. It's so ridiculous. Um, but like he's, you see him. He's just absolutely flat out. But he's managed to kind of spread the word. I mean, Wallace. That scene of Wallace just reminds me of myself when I'm drunk. Literally just bursting into a room, shouting, <laughs> "Guess who's drunk?" and then passing out. <laughs> That's oh me. man, you you're um you you do have stages of drunk, I think. Oh yeah. Where you, I think, so as you drink, you're you're a bit of a projector anyway. You know, this is no secret. But as you drink, your projection projection level just goes up and up. And up, oh, and God, up, yeah. and up, and up, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you just take one, one one final shot, and then that level just goes yeah. straight down, and you go from being really loud to just like eerily silent. Yeah, I hit the wall, and it's it's quite scary. And you, you'll continue drinking, but <laughs> just quietly <laughs> just in goes, the corner, just quietly in the corner, as if you're plotting something. And um, I mean, it's fun. It's good. It's good. You have a pattern. But it's also terrifying. True. I mean, so. for people that know me, obviously, uh, I got Barney. <laughs> <laughs> we've just lost. Um, well, no, 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 we haven't lost. We've just lost connection to. Yeah, I mean, to, I'm to guessing Barney. he's still he's still out there. Um, I'm imagining but, he's still recording. Um, yeah, he's just dropped off of our our group oh? call. Oh no. Oh, he's back. He's back, but now... Is he back? Appear to have lost Rich. Was that just me that left? It's just you, but now Rich is frozen. I'm still here. just kicked me out, but... Okay, good. The joys of doing a remote podcast. I can't even remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. Me, last week. I literally... that That was the stage of drunk that I got to. Um, in the sense that uh, 
my other half had to drive, or no, she had to get a cab to come and get me, which was a half an hour cab journey away on the promise that she could stay out and obviously hang out with people. And at the point that she arrived and ordered her first drink, I then leant over and was like, can we go now? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And she was like, but I've I've only just got here. And then I was like, okay. And then apparently, I don't remember this. This was the point where I'd had the final shot. Apparently I then just Mm. got up from the table, told everyone that I was going to the loo. Then proceeded to phone my other half to tell her I was at the car and we needed to leave <laughs> so I just I'd not said goodbye um, to anyone um, just excused myself um, but yeah then <laughs> got home went up to bed passed out, job done I, the rumour I heard was that you threw up all over <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that was that happened as well yeah um, we'll beep out the name and then and then, I, yeah, I proceeded to be sick a couple of times throughout the night. Um, luckily, <clears> made it to the toilet both times, not the bathtub, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, uh, granted, that's a much better place to be sick in. Yeah, I wouldn't um, recommend the bath. It's a it's a large surface area, and there's a good 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 holding capacity. True, but mm, messy. Yeah. yeah, a lot um, of manual cleanup, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I only yeah, the flush doesn't work as well. Yeah. No, I mean, some would argue that it doesn't work at all, and you have to pick up lots oh, of chunkier bits with your with your hands. Mm. Yeah, reminds me of um, a quote from Ke- Kevin and Perry Go Large, where Eyeball Paul is, um, well, Kevin and Perry are effectively working for Eyeball Paul, and he goes, "Sorry, lads, took a banging shit in the bath, won't flush." You might have to push it down. <laughs> yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Um, it's the scene where he's sick in the bath. Yeah. I think after um, that he, scene with goes, Wallace... Oh, go on. Come on, Bonnie. No, was, um, he goes to great lengths to stalk her by... Um, Ramona, this is. Scott orders an Amazon package knowing that Ramona will deliver it. Um, I mean, I, I guess this is also a sign of the times. Like, maybe there were less Amazon delivery people in 2010, and it was a bit more reliable. Or maybe it's because it's such a small town. But yeah, he he orders a package, knowing Ramona will drop it off, and he shoots his shot. And you know, fair play to him. Yeah. So this is he, the it, this is the second off. dream inception, isn't it? This is where she's in the school, and she skates past him in the school. Um, and he wakes up to her ringing the doorbell and he he says oh I was just dreaming about you uh, delivering my package and she talks about a dream what is it a dream high or subconscious highway which is like two or three miles long I, I don't understand that is is that a thing is, is it like a legit thing is she literally hijacking his dreams or because I mean it's a, it's a bit of a weird place with this film where people have superpowers and stuff but then it's like everyday life so i wonder whether it's actually it's, legit it's never addressed yeah um, it's a really like that's that's the thing i think i like the most about the movie is that it's it's not really like you said this it's very surreal but it's grounded in like there's there's some reality there there's some there's some super superpower shit going on 
Um, but I think it, it never really calls it out, right? It's like you never know who's going to be ordinary and who's going to have superpowers. It's just it's just done very seamlessly in a way that they don't really address it. And in that way, it makes it much more interesting. Because um, yeah. again, it's like Scott, you know, throughout the film, he battles his exes and Michael Sierra. And the, again, there's, there's an interview with Edgar Wright where they said that actually if they'd if they'd casted someone um, mu- much more muscular or, you know, much more physically built, that it wouldn't have been as entertaining because it's almost in the fact that Michael Sierra is quite... Um, Unassuming that you. makes him really good in that in that in that role. I mean, he could still beat the shit out of me, but <laughs> I'm just saying from a from a from a blockbuster point of view, he's he's unassuming. Yeah, I I because I think jumping forward a little bit, it's um like this initial fight scene where um uh, Matthew Patel shows up at the show when Sex Bob-Omb's playing, he uh, he busts in and then just Scott can fight. Like, he's an amazing <laughs> fighter for some reason. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just never, like, no one even, like, gasps. Like, wow, he can fight. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay, this is happening now. Well, and there's like, no yeah. training. Like, he's not, a, he's not, you know, he doesn't do that as a hobby. He's, like, a very teenagery, teenager kind of character, isn't he? He's, like, he's yeah. very laid back, very chilled, doesn't, doesn't really have much motivation for anything other than being in his band and obviously stalking Ramona. Yeah. So it's not even like he has any sort of background in in combat. No, that's it. But I'm, I'm quite interested in how this relationship with Ramona actually starts because obviously he manages to score a date following her um, delivering his Amazon package and then just suddenly, so on this date, like, I guess she falls for him or something because they end up in bed. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Because it just kind of happens. Yeah, it, yeah. She's clearly I, interested. I I don't know whether there's some additional content that was cut from there, but like when you're thinking about it, um, yeah, that all happened very quickly from her kind of not acknowledging him. You know, at the at the party the first time when he goes to introduce himself and she's like not interested, and then to that day when he like admits to tricking her to delivering an Amazon package to his place. Um, and then suddenly, yeah, they're a thing. And I don't know, it's, it's funny, but I'm, you know, there's seven evil super powered exes in this movie. So I'm not going to question logic too much. Yeah. Can I just, I'm just going out on a whim here to say that I actually preferred all of the fight sequences in this film to jujitsu. Well, that's yeah. a big claim, Rich. I mean, I know. Fight scenes. I I know that jujitsu was off the scale, but I think these these are just better. I mean, we're yeah. talking about one of my all time favorite movies here that you're that you're slating. Sorry, but there's there's no Nicolas just... Cage in Scott Pilgrim, so, so I give it zero out of ten. I mean, <laughs> wow! I, you can't really yeah. argue with that, can you? Um, the moment where. This is an, another interesting fact for people who probably have already spotted it, but um, you know, this was like a this was this was actually a, a Reddit fact, so I didn't I, I didn't spot this myself. But when Scott, when they're on the bus, this is slightly later on in the film, but when they're on the bus and um, Ramona says something to allude that they're dating, and and Scott says to her, "Oh, does that mean we're dating then?" And she goes, "I guess." The 
they, they obviously go and past all these street lamps and all this sort of stuff. And the, the bokeh in the background goes from X's to hearts after she admits that, uh, that they're dating. And it's just another touch. It's just like another touch. Um, that's just super like you, I like, I would never have picked that up, but somebody has, and it's something that uh, Edgar Wright tweeted to say that he's really glad that people, that someone noticed because it took them a while to do it apparently. But it's, yeah. um, yeah, it's just awesome but, that those little details of just things that, you know, when you get familiar with a movie, you, you start, you know, the, the sort of the main, the main stuff that you've seen before kind of is just in the back of your head. And then you just start to spot these tiny little bits that they didn't need to be in there. But they are, and the movie's better for it. Yeah, we'll yeah. Add to the and I, I think it's something. Yeah, yeah, it's something that rings through the whole movie. Uh, uh, just tiny details and things, you know, where they could have had, you know, hard cut transitions. They they've got like these nicely blended. You know, someone walks past uh, the frame, and that brings in the next scene. And yeah, so there's some some really nice um, some really nice production work here. Uh, some dialogue that I found really that I quite enjoyed was um, Scott. So at, this is after the fight with Matthew Patel, and Scott wins and and kills the guy. Um, he um, <laughs> Scott Scott is hanging out with knives, um, and she being his and air quotes Chinese girlfriend because it comes up a lot um, invites him to dinner at her house, and he asks. Chinese food. <laughs> it's just—it's just something about it tickled me. <laughs> Shortly after this, we come to the the groundbreaking quote of "bread makes you fat." <laughs> that is so fucking great. Like I've made garlic bread. I could eat garlic bread for every meal. It's like, well, you get fat. I'd get fat. Bread makes you fat. So good. Um, I think that was an eye opener for for everyone. I mean, yeah, I didn't know until this point. So, thanks Edgar Wright for educating me on that front. Mm. Yeah, and before this movie, I was on a daily diet of three garlic bread baguettes a day. Mm. Um, yeah, homemade so. full size French sticks. Yeah, yeah, full With size full of cheese dicks. as well. Oh yeah, mm. Mm. cheese garlic bread's the best. Yeah, mm, isn't it? I think. Um, did we follow that scene on with? The introduction to uh, she who must not be named. Does he receive? Is this where he receives the phone? He call? receives it quite early on, right? Yeah, I think it's the same so, scene. Yeah. I think it's yeah. just after they finish talking about garlic bread. Um, which is obviously is it? En- Envy Adams, is that a name? Yes. Oh um, yeah, I've also sorry. I realised we've forgotten the bit about so when he orders the Amazon parcel, uh, the moment he orders it, he gets that email, doesn't he? From ah yeah yeah from, from who turns out to be Gideon, um, but it's yeah he it's just the way that he brushes that off as well, it's just <laughs> brilliant. It's just it's the whole. I think that the film's dialogue is it is perfect for Michael Cera. Right, it just ends up being this kind of like he's just not really with it. He's not really taking anything seriously. Yeah. I think actually like, that you watch that throughout the movie is that he his intentions towards Ramona like he becomes very much more. Um, driven and serious about about doing it. Like obviously he's he's delirious and he's in love with with this girl. But I think as the movie goes on, you see him it become way more direct and um, yeah. more motivated. I think. 
Yeah. But what, that first like, one is brilliant, isn't it? What I like about that email thing is the... Because uh, I think the dialogue was something along the lines of, um, uh, did you not get my email? Oh, yeah. I skimmed it. Yeah, that was it. Sorry, you skimmed it? Of course, the email wasn't Gideon, was it? It was... Um, it was uh, Matthew Patel. Of course it was, yeah. That was great. Yeah, I skimmed You'll it. You'll pay for your insolence. <laughs> You'll pay for your You'll insolence. Pay for your insolence. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I could just imagine that that kind of back and forth happening on a daily basis. Yeah. Like, <laughs> quite often, it's, you know, I'll ask you a question. It's like, it's in the email. Did you not read the email? Of course. I skimmed it. <laughs> skimmed. I, I opened it. <laughs> um, following this, uh, Scott then meets the next evil ex, uh, Captain America. He yeah. does. Which is Lucas Lee. I, and, uh, I just love Captain, how he Captain just America picks played by Lucas Lee. I just love how he picks him up and just launches him into that castle. Yeah. Yeah. Just tosses him like a rag like, doll. It, I feel like Scott should have died many times in this movie. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. yeah. Um, I I just love his, I just love his whole dialogue, Lucas Lucas Lee's dialogue, like where he's obviously just kicked the kick the shit out of Scott, and then he's lying on the floor. He's like, oh, you really don't know about the league? Oh, okay. <laughs> then, he, then he goes to help him up, and he's like. Kaboom! <laughs> he just smashes him in the face. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll get you up. We get we, go, we can go get a coffee. I like the um, and the way he defeats um, the way Scott spoilers goes on to defeat Lucas Lee. Um, oh, sorry, he first defeats an army of Lucas Lee's stunt doubles. Yeah, but yeah. also before Which that, is- can we talk about the fact that I really like that dialogue bit where basically they 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 come onto the set to watch yeah. Lucas mm-hmm. Lee. And uh, Michael Cera, uh, Scott Pilgrim, Michael Cera is uh, is, obs- is obsessed with Lucas Lee. Where he likes he likes his movies at least, and uh, so he wants to get an autograph. But um, it's the fact that Lucas Lee, I can't remember the exact line now, but he's saying something in his scene, and then uh, Scott and Ramona are just carrying on talking, and, and Wallace are just continuing to talk amongst themselves, and then Lucas just goes, "I'm talking to you, Scott." And then they're like, what? And then he just says the exact same line that he's scripted to say in the movie. And it's just, it's just really good. Like he's obviously like, yeah, yeah the, you realize that he's talking about, well, it, he, he's not originally talking about him, but it's the fact that the, the same line was used in his scene and towards Scott is just, it's a nice touch. Yeah. And I think it's, we, we go on to kind of how he defeats him, which is a good, another really good example of the scripting of this movie, which is Scott, are you a good skater? Lucas Lee. I'm more than good. I've got my own skate brand. Scott. Can you do a thingy on that rail? <laughs> a grind? No, a grind? Yeah, a grind's like, could you do a grindy thingy on that rail? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and then he just cool. like grinds to his own death, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he goes into it with the, there are women watching. That was it. <laughs> Someone that was, give me that's my the, That's him. This is another example of the amazing dialogue I've just remembered as well. Is that when so when Lucas Lee hits the ground, obviously after very well successfully doing the grind, but not the not not the not the um, recovery. Uh, I think it's Scott that goes. Uh, uh, Wallace says something like, "Oh man," and Scott goes, "He bailed." And then they turn around and he looks for Ramona, and she's like, "Where's Ramona?" And Wallace is like, "She bailed." <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just it's just great. It's just so so good. Yeah. Then following on from this, we meet we actually meet for the first time Envy Adams, who's mm-hmm. played by Brie, Brie Larson, mm-hmm. aka Cheese Thief. Indeed. Yes. Um Scott does really well for himself. He's had some attractive you know? attractive girlfriends. You know, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve them. You know, Michael Sarah's a an absolute hunk of a guy, but and he plays bass. Christ. And he, he plays, plays bass. That's probably it. It's the bass that wins all the chicks. Sex bomb. Uh, fact time. Fact time. Oh. oh. Michael Cera was the only member of Sex bomb who could play his instrument, so he could play bass. But fun, even funner fact is they all learnt to play those instruments. There was no, there was no faking of anything. They, nice. they spent a lot of their time in rehearsals actually learning to play their instruments which is just awesome yeah that's cool that's pretty cool um mm. is is this also the same scene where we get introduced to envy that we also get introduced uh to one of my favorite bit of comic book overlays in julie's expletive filter oh it's brilliant yeah. <laughs> how are you doing that with your mouth it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when when that was happening, my my missus was like, "Is something wrong with the TV?" It's like, "Something's wrong with you." Yeah, that whole scene's a masterpiece in just like the quick switches as well, isn't it? Because he originally he rings his sister from the phone from a phone booth, and he's like, "Are you still working?" She's like, "I'm getting off in like five minutes." He's like, "I'll be there now," and then he's literally walks out the phone booth straight into the coffee shop, <laughs> and then as he goes to the counter, he like turns around, turns back, and his sister's no longer there, and she's suddenly outside. Yeah, um, it's great. Um, I think we then get introduced to the next evil ex in a little bit of a alleyway dust up, don't we? Because Scott's walking down an alleyway. I think this is where is this where him and Ramona first kind of drift apart a little bit, and he's feeling a bit sorry for himself. I think so. Yeah, potentially. And he's he's obviously feeling a bit sorry for himself, and then like this swoosh keeps on coming past him and then eventually uh, it swooshes towards him and he punches up into the air <laughs> and it turns out that he has punched this evil ex in the boob but he doesn't yeah. know it's an evil ex because uh, he just says oh I'm not in the as mood as far for this as he today. knows he's fighting seven evil ex boyfriends and he doesn't really question it either like at the end of that um, exchange when she leaves he's just like okay yeah that's weird Yeah, um, he's yeah. not like is this to do with the the League of Evil Axes? Um, but obviously it turns out when she shows up again later, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and I suppose, again, that, that adds to the whole dialogue because um, throughout the whole film, when Scott is talking to Ramona, he always says the League of Evil ex-boyfriends. And she, before yeah. this point, always corrects him to say... League of Evil Exes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's already telling him that he's just not listening. And Typical. Yeah. And it's at the bar, isn't it, where for the for the first time he questions it, where he she's he's like, I've got to fight your seven evil ex boyfriends, exes. Why do you keep saying that? Yeah. And as as he's questioning it, he gets his head slammed into the, yeah. the countertop by by the the alleyway girl. Yeah. yeah. Um Have we do we now arrive at when Knives is trying to talk to young Neil to make Scott jealous? Um, 
I think about now she's she's dyeing her hair. Um, yeah, this is the this is whatever. Yeah, this is where they go to watch Envy Adams's band perform, isn't it? Yes, but before before that moment, sorry, another really good piece of dialogue is um, there. Ramona and and Scott are, are in. Um, I can't remember whose house it is, but you know they're doing the band practice, and they're sat on the sofa. And Knives is uh, stood outside the window, just staring in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's a bit in there where uh, so she's 17 in the film, and um, they talk about like going to see Envy uh, Adams's band play, and Ramona says, um, you know, I think it, you know, I think we should be mature about it. We can go see them. It doesn't mean anything. And then Scott goes, yeah, we're all adults here. And then the camera cuts to the window and Knives is gone. I just think that that's just another another really clever little segue. Some, something I wanted to address, which um, the, is probably the only detail that annoyed me in the movie. And uh, so it's when Knives is texting young Neil. Um, <laughs> yeah. It bothered me that her text was centred Centered. and left yeah. line. <laughs> I knew, yeah. Um, <laughs> I knew. It, it really, it ruined the entire movie. As, the phone as doesn't a, know what that line length is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hate to start a sentence like this, but as a designer, <laughs> um, it really irked me. <laughs> as, a, as a designer and a dad. <laughs> as, a par- as a parent. <laughs> as a parent. I'm on the PTA. <laughs> oh I agree, God. though. I do agree. I think this movie gets away with it because of its because of its um, because of its theme. But I, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, well, it's just the attention to detail they gave to everything else, and then they center a line of fucking text. I think that they. Get, yeah. I think that it would have been. I'm not saying it would have been a deliberate choice for. Um, I'm, look, I'm sure they made the decision for readability's sake. But it's just, you know... I think it's the stylization, I th- though, I think. I think, I think it's, it's the least just... realistic part of the movie. But again, I think it's the whole movie is just stylish, right? It's it's stylized deliberately. Yeah. So I think that's why it gets... I think it gets away with it in that sense. I'm not going to let it go, Lou. It's... I think you should. Yeah. Because if you say a bad word about old Edgy, then I will... I swear to God. I feel oh. like there's so many simpler nicknames you could have chosen for Edgar. Yeah. It's only one that it's only one that's Ed- special to him and I. Hi Edgy. Hi Edgy. To he and to he and me. Um, so to we and me. Let's go let's move forward to the concert and uh there's a little bit of um there's well Todd punches the highlights out of Knives hair. Can um can we just touch on Brie before- Larson's cover of Black Sheep? Yes, that's what I wanted Let's. to touch on too. I, I want to touch it a lot with my ears. Yes, um, so such, good. Such good song. I still need to... It's fantastic. I still need to take the plunge to get my hands on one of the releases that has that cover on the track list. But they're yeah. all sold out and they're all ridiculously expensive to now well, buy. Well, it'll be on Spotify before long, I guarantee it. So. <laughs> I'm not sure because it's, yeah, so. it's not been on there for... Oh, actually, did it? Maybe it was released recently. I can't remember. But um, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, the 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 music was provided by an excellent band called Metric. Um, but yes, the lead singer dipped out in favour of uh, Brie Larson doing her own vocals. And I think I read somewhere that Brie Larson actually did 
initially start off like she 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 she's got some sort of musical background i think mm. she actually is a um she is a, a is a singer um but yeah that that cover is is incredible yeah um, very very in good. fact the, the i mean the music throughout the movie is great anyway but yeah that was a particularly special song agreed a good a good musical highlight um absolutely but yeah then obviously like you were saying bonnie they do get invited backstage and backstage todd the knives is Todd. knives is interjecting a lot in the conversation and it's obviously quite steely uh, because uh obviously for reasons we were just we will come on to in a moment but yeah he punches knives so hard that he punches the color out of her hair yeah which he's allowed to do because he's a rock star so. yeah and that's that's when scott gets gets angry <laughs> you cocky the, cock this is the first yeah, this, is the, this is the first uh, oh yeah you cocky cock this is the first ex that he initiates battle with um, yes, yeah. the others he he gets he gets attacked by them or ambushed but is this one he he sees young Neil embracing knives on the ground with his yeah with his he punched he punched the highlights out of her hair and Scott you cocky cock you cocky cock um, but he doesn't foresee that Todd has vegan powers Todd and he went vegan. to he went to the vegan academy. The vegan academy. <laughs> Do you know what? I just Lewis, did you ever go to the yeah. vegan academy? Lou, you I did vegan? for a month, yeah. So yeah, I did for January. Well, I'm not sure I mentioned it. Um but yeah. I, I don't you know what? I don't actually remember you ever talking about it when you were doing no, it. No, no, I didn't talk about it a lot, no, I don't think so. I can't imagine it, it came up. Probably yeah. no, I don't think I don't think I mentioned it. Is it part um, of the whole um, thing of being a vegan is that you have to tell everyone as often as you can. So the, the problem is, is that I, when I uh, saw this movie for the first time, I always knew I wanted to do it. And I thought that if I talked about it a lot, then I would get the, um, the, the powers that Todd has. Uh, that makes so much so, more sense. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare tarnish the, the vegan community with the same brush that I, I did because... They're a, they're a good community. I'm not, I don't mean that sarcastically. It's a good cause. Nice. Scott yeah. beats him. <laughs> Scott yeah. beats Todd, the vegan, um, by tricking him into drinking half and half. Yeah. And uh, he has his vegan powers taken away from, I don't know, the vegan police. Vegan. But no, no, we're... Be yeah, we're just... This... And yeah, we've got a, We need to... I was going to say, we're jumping way too far ahead. Like, this, this, this whole battle is great i mean there's a lot of wars being punched through there's the bit where todd comes into the battle with the base where you know so he punches scott through the wall and then um you just you know todd thinks he's victorious and then suddenly you just hear the 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 notes emanating from from inside the theater and you can tell that uh scott is wanting a base battle so they start uh, fending off against each other but what i really like is when todd comes down and all the empty uh, plastic cups start like swirling away from him yeah. um, with his with his energy, um, and then like that base battle scene's incredible as well. Um, but yes, by far, I think by far my favourite scene in this movie, just for the dialogue, is the uh, is the uh, tell it to the cleaning lady on Monday. <laughs> what, what do you <laughs> mean? You'll be pulverising two seconds. You'll be dust by Monday. Because you'll be pulverising two seconds, and the cleaning she, lady she cleans up. Dust. She, she dusts. She dusts. But not on weekends. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, but but why Monday? Well, today's Friday, and she has weekends <laughs> off, so 
so Monday, right? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, uh, yeah, Todd, Todd gets his, uh, Todd finally defeats, quote unquote, um, a, uh, Scott in battle and Scott uh, concedes and tells him he's made him a nice cup of tea. Um, but again, he turns out that the, the cup has been tainted with some some non-vegan ingredients and um and yeah the which is the, the biggest crime yeah that absolutely. you could possibly be punished for yeah. in the vegan community and the yeah so then the, was it the vegan police and i can't remember who the there's the actor that there's one actor there that i recognize um from something he's i swear he played a cop in in something it's the first guy that comes through the wall um but the, yeah, the vegan police, that there's that line, it's great, where he's like, don't I get like three strikes? And he's like, your first infarction. <laughs> like, June 21st, you you consumed gelato. He's like, gelato's not vegan. It's like, infarction number two, you, you uh, knowingly consumed a chicken parmesan. And then Brie Larson's just like, <gasps> he's like, Ch- chicken's not vegan? <laughs> so it's that, just... That cop that you're thinking of, he has been in some other... I mean, I'm assuming it's the same one that I'm thinking of, but he's been in like Deep Blue Sea, The Mist, Boogie Nights. Oh, The Mist. He has been in The Mist. That's what I recognise him from. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I love. I, I think. Do you know what? I think this whole scene with Todd is probably my favourite X's kind of yeah. segment of it's the my movie. Favorite X battle. Um, yeah. um, I just thought really I- hard. I'd put it into the other cup. Yeah, because I tried really hard in my mind's eye. Uh, mm. It's no, it's worth noting as well. Just and some of them are subtler than others, but people probably will have noticed. But the 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 X that they're fighting, there's there are, there's the themes about numbers in the film as well. So like when he's fighting um, Chris Evans or Lucas Lee or Captain America, whichever you want to call him, uh, there's like a number two painted on his car. Um, Todd's wearing a, a number three on his shirt, so. Some... Imagine, imagine an ex having such a hold over you that this is how you identify. <laughs> you know, I'm the third I'm, one. I'm number three. I, I'm, I'm the third of her evil exes. Getting it um, paid to be and, sprayed on your car. Yeah, and it's like your whole life revolves around it. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to fight this guy because he's with an ex. It's, these guys need to let go. Really. Yeah. Brie Larson also comes out with one of my lines of the movie. Uh, I can't remember what Scott says to her, but her response is, uh, of course I'm not. You headbutted my boyfriend so hard that he burst. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, this this follows the the quote, you once were a vegan, now you will be gone. <laughs> it's so good. Just headbutts him out of existence. I like that they address that in the movie, because um, obviously that line is it's hilarious because it's just, you know, he's deliberately mispronounced vegan, but I like that. Um, I can't remember her, so her ex-girlfriend. I can't remember her name in the film, but her ex-girlfriend. Her, the dialogue in the alleyway and in the battle scene is like it's her trying to be clever, but the lines don't come off. But yeah. they they deliberately draw attention to that, and so I like that. It's it's it. That's what I love so much about the writing of this movie. It's super clever, and when it seems like it's not clever. It is clever because they're drawing attention to the fact that they that you know that that if there's a line in there that doesn't quite work, it's been put in there deliberately, um, and it's just it's just 
Yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Well, this is this leads us on to our onto a bi furious fight with Ramona's ex girlfriend, um, who is Roxy Richer, played by Mae Whitman. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one, and, isn't it? Because Ramona <laughs> Ramona first steps up to the plate, doesn't she? Yeah, but Scott has to be the one to defeat her, mm-hmm. and the way he defeats her is by touching the back of her knee and. I, I guess making her O, and and then she explodes. <laughs> You'll never be able to do this. She, does. she gets she gets defeated by an orgasm, which is uh, which is um, which is incredible. And yeah. uh, they really lean into that as well when she's giving her closing lines. Yeah. yeah, I really enjoy the whole scene where Ramona, where Scott is obviously like, oh, I can't punch a woman. So like Ramona just grabs his hands and is making yeah. him like just slap her. And I just love where it cuts to like, it's like a front on view of Michael Cera and his hands are just really yeah. limply hanging in front of him. <laughs> they're not even like fists. They're just like little yeah. limp hands. And yeah. there's some love, there's some good tie-ins. Like when he's, when she like, she kicks his shins to kick so that he kicks. And then there's like, she goes to attack him. Uh, so Ramona like, puts a foot around the front of his leg and like pulls him back. Yeah. Some really nice choreography going on in that really, bit as well. Really, really nice choreography. Um, um, I also, I just love the way that Ramona just produces a massive fuck-off hammer out of yeah, her handbag. That hammer's yeah. awesome. Some sort of Hermione yeah. handbag. <laughs> Little Harry Potter reference for everyone out there. I'm Mary Poppins, yo. <laughs> <laughs> And the Guardians also of the Galaxy. One of my favourite quotes from Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, yo. <laughs> was it? Was it? Yeah. When he says about like, you like Mary Poppins? Is he cool? <laughs> He's very cool. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to do Guardians at some point. Yeah, yes, we do. We absolutely do. Yeah. Um, Scott Scott next goes on to fight the. Katia Nagy twins. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Ramona dated both at once. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, they never really address yeah. that because she does. Because they... She does question it, doesn't she? Or well, he questions it when. Um, yeah, both, both, both. Um, but it never actually same time. Addressed. Yeah, um, this is also yeah. the first. Um, this is also where he realizes that G-Man is Gideon. Oh mm. yes. Is, because uh, is yeah, he's in the crowd, uh, and the lead singer of Sex Bobom points him out. I can't remember his name. Forgive me. Um, but he points him. Yeah, he points him out in the crowd, and he says, uh, "Oh yeah, he's like Gideon's here." And Scott's like, "Gideon's here?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's the he's the geeky guy with Ramona." That's Gideon. That's G Man. Yeah, it, it, I think he. It's surprising that he's the one that she um she keeps running back to. Like you would have thought like the big um the big bad evil ex that she can't resist would be um Chris Evans. But I guess I mean it, it comes to be at the end that she's under she's literally under control. He can literally get into um, my head. Yeah, he's literally in my head. Um but yeah, this this Yeah, him mean battle... sex bob sorry, I was just gonna say after are we talking about the battle with Katia Nagy twins? Yes. Still. Yes. Continue. I was just going to say this whole battle obviously introduces another 
um, sort of visual dynamic, doesn't it? Because we now get fully CGI'd monster battles. Hologram Pokemon. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I was uh, about to say, obviously. It's very Pokemon-esque. We've got two dragons. I'd relate it more to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I don't know if you watched Yu-Gi-Oh back in the days. Yeah, of course. Is it like this... this is, it always um, confused me a little bit how you'd have this playing card game and then suddenly the playing card game, I don't know, there'd be like magic within the card. It's the heart of the cards. The heart of the cards. And um, yeah, it would like bring these monsters to life. Like, but it'd be holograms, but they'd actually be able to fight and they could actually cause damage. They fuck shit up. Uh, really fuck shit up. But yeah, I just thought that battle was pretty, pretty epic. Um, and obviously they defeat it. Scott presses his little switch lever and then his eyes burst green and then this big green monster emerges. Yeah. Uh, absolutely wallops them. Um and then, yeah, after that battle, obviously, Ramona says to Scott that we need to break up because I just can't resist Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. It's just plain rude. I thought it was loses, very rude. He loses the girl. He loses his band because they turned his back on. They turned their back on him, but they're not under control. They just want, they were in it for yeah. the money. Yeah. And fuck those guys. Yeah. And, um, and girl. So go on, Rich. I was just going to say, let's not forget that obviously before he gets off stage, he gets a life. Yes. Um, which is obviously another little cool does. screen great. overlay. The video, the video game reference of a of a one up. Yeah. A one up. Um, really cool. Avatar. Yeah, really cool little moment. But um, we'll touch upon the importance of that later. We will. Yes. The as uh, the moment that. Uh, they're standing outside and Ramona uh, tells, uh, breaks the news to Scott that they have to break up and that, yeah, she's she's bound by Gideon's wily ways. But uh, you can hear that, that as they open up the car, um, it, the song is the Rolling Stones. It's under under my thumb or under the thumb, mm. which is, Another nice which is really appropriate. So. Yeah. Very nice. So then, yeah, we're we're treated to another little montage of Scott Pilgrim feeling very sorry for himself. At one point, he's just standing in front of a telephone pole, just staring at it in the snow. Um, then he, I think he's he goes back to his apartment, and Wallace originally tells him that he needs to he needs to uh, move out because he needs the apartment for sex tonight yeah. and then the rest of the week. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then he gets a phone call, doesn't he? I, I believe. Oh yeah. Then the it's phone from rings Gideon again, isn't it? Yeah, it, the phone rings uh, whilst he's moping to Wallace, and uh, Wallace's uh, com- companion answers the phone. And he's like, it, "It's for Scott." And then he passes yeah. it over. Yeah, and it's Gideon inviting him to the Chaos Theater to watch Sex Bobom open up without him, because it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. No. So what happened? Yeah. So in the scene with where Ramona. Um, announces her the 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 breakup. Um, Gideon comes over and basically offers them a a record contract, doesn't he? And yes. Scott refuses. So young Neil takes his place as as bassist, and that's why uh, you know he's basically Gideon wants to wants to settle things and just say you know no hard feelings. Come watch your come watch your old band play, and we'll talk things out. So I just really love. Uh the fact that again in that scene it finishes 
uh, he he's like Gideon invites him, and then Wallace out off off camera just goes, "What an asshole! Forget what I said. End him or finish him or something." So Scott yeah. like grabs his coat, and then I just love the power run. It's like full on straight arm slow mo. <laughs> so good. Do you love milk? Do you love the warm, sweet embrace of a bosom? Well, you're going to love the new Alpro Milky Milky Yummy Yummy. Suckle straight from our plastic cap, you fuck. This product is not real, and we are in no way affiliated with Alpro. Please drink milk responsibly. (laughs) Milky Milky Yummy Yummy. Wonderful read, Barney, thank you. Um... Yeah, and, he obviously... and then what are the two? The, I was going to say what are the two passwords again? They were really funny, aren't they? The, uh, what the first one is? It's whatever. Oh yeah, it was pa- like like passwords, like whatever. Whatever. And he goes back uh, to the next one. He's like password. Uh, uh, yeah, come, in. Uh, come on in. I guess I guess the password is essentially just angst, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> because yeah, the, because the second time he goes through, it's it's just noises, basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he obviously ends up at the Chaos Theatre and Sex Sex with Bomber playing. And they spot Scott and they're like, Scott, just leave it. And then he's like, what if I don't want to leave it? And then Gideon yeah. spots him and then they have a they have a nice little bit of dialogue. Where uh, I suppose this is, we could refer to this as the, the final battle. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously it kicks off with Scott. Um, does it? Is oh no, this isn't. We've missed the lesbians reference. Of course, we, this, re- that was an that was earlier on, right? That was the well. No, he says it. He says it towards when towards the start. Well, no, that's the initial, but then original when, reference. Yeah, um, when he goes to tell Ramona after the the um, Yu Gi Oh battle. He's like, please don't go. I I had lesbians you. Yeah, I'm in lesbians with you. Um, this, yeah, I anyway. said lesbians. Yeah, I, I said lesbians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fast forwarding back to the final battle, obviously he procre- pro- proclaims his love for Ramona and uh, Katana bursts out of his chest and Scott has, mm. Scott has earned the power of love. Mm. Um. Oh, yeah, so the, the power of love. Exactly. I've uh, just very quickly on that point. I didn't realize until I watched the credits intently, um, and I uh, haven't been able to find any videos of the VO work. But it's it is confirmed. The voice, of the announcer throughout the film is Bill Hader. Yes. Yeah. Which is awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so Bill Hader announces that he has the. Uh, that Scott has got the power of love. The power of love. Um, That's the power of love. <laughs> so yeah, then the fight obviously kicks off and initially he has to fight all of Gideon's security. So there's a really cool fight scene with lots of hacking and slashing with the sword, uh, which is pretty cool. He defeats all the security uh, and then he and then he takes on, takes on Gideon. Um, he fails... I would say mm-hmm. um, initially he then gets yes. a, a brief moment of respite to himself oh, because knives comes in, disrupts the fight when Gideon's about to kill him. 
Um, and whilst whilst knives, uh, knives then takes on Ramona for breaking, breaking the heart of the man that broke my heart. I believe is what she says, or something to that effect. Yeah, to that effect. Um, yeah. So then, whilst Gideon is down, he then goes to try and break up the fight between Knives and Ramona by explaining that he only cheated on Knives with Ramona and not the, not the, other, way not the other way around because I, I didn't wrong you, is what he says to Ramona. <laughs> yeah, what's, yeah, what's the difference? Yeah. You weren't wrong? Oh, that was it. That was it. You, you weren't wrong? Um, but Just, yeah... Oh. He, yeah, just another great bit of dialogue. Um, this is a lack of self awareness from, from Scott. <laughs> you, you weren't wronged. <laughs> you wronged. Um, but yeah, obviously, whilst he is distracted by this, Gideon has obviously got up and he is stabbed through the chest by Gideon. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is obviously dead. 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 KO'd. Uh, KO'd. Um, then we're treated to another little dream sequence of him in the desert um and this is where his one up comes back into play that he picked up when he got a life yeah so ramona says to him um you know i shouldn't be the one that you're fighting for and then disappears and then scott is just that then is that there's another great line from scott where he's like i feel like i've learned something so alone He's so alone. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, the little caricature video game overlay for his one-up life pops up and he slaps it and then retreated to a nice little rewind graphic Yeah. as uh, the scene scenes all rewind and he's back on the sofa in his apartment. Um, and he turns up again at the Chaos Theatre and I can't remember the line he says to the initial, to the initial bodyguard. I think uh, he just... Doesn't he just punch? No, that's the oh, second two. The second one, isn't the it? The second two, but the first one, he says something like, you have bad hair or something like that. And the oh, guy just yes, explodes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, but yeah, anyway, we're back in, back in the, um, back in the chaos theater again. And he, uh, the first point of call is obviously he goes back over to Sex Bomb and he, he writes all the wrongs that have been made. Um, he upgrades uh, young Neil to be called Neil from now on. Yeah. Um, young Neil from henceforth, from going forward, you will now just be known as Neil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he apologizes uh, to, is it Kat? Is that the drummer? Kim. Kim. That's it. Um, and he gets some points. Clive. Clive. And he gets some points for that. Uh, and then he, he also says to the lead singer that uh, the band now sound better without him. So all in all, he's uh, he is doing good for himself in this version. Um, yeah, and then obviously he then charges back over to Gideon. Um, at which point Ramona says something about you shouldn't be fighting for me, and he turns around and he says, "I'm not fighting for you. I'm fighting for myself." At which yeah. point we then get treated to another Bill Hader announcement that Scott has earned the power of self-respect. Um, just needed the whole film yeah yeah um and again so the the fight scene fast forwards obviously he's fighting uh all of the bodyguards and then he takes on gideon again 
Um, and I really like this bit because the it mirrors the um, the stance that Knives and Scott had when they used to play Dance Dance Revolution, mm, um, yeah. which is a really nice touch again. It's just um, when they both stood at the top of that podium thing, yeah. um, getting ready to fight together. Yeah. They do a nice little combo combo attack. Um, yeah. And yeah. The, that I tried freeze framing on the because there's there's a ton of um, they're punching Gideon in the face, aren't they? And yeah. the, like the sequence, the comic sequence where you know they basically just it's just flashing photographs of them getting beat up, um, of, of Gideon getting punched in the face, and it's just like you know, flash lit, and it's just yeah. There's there's so many different photos. I try I did try try pausing and skipping the frames through them, but um, yeah, it's massively. Um, yeah, it's a really nice, nice bit there as well. Mm. I I really enjoyed when uh, Scott was fighting Gideon. Uh, there's a great bit of dialogue, uh, which to quote uh, from Gideon, "You made me swallow my gum. That's gonna be in my digestive tract for seven years." This <laughs> <laughs> is just like such a thing to get mad about. This is the whole thing about this film, isn't it? It's just absurd. Like the thing that would set him off. It's not the uh, his rage is not uh, is not triggered by Scott coming in for the second time to to try and destroy his club. Um, well, obviously it'd be the you know whether he's aware that it's the second Guild. time or not, I don't know. But yeah, it's like um, just fucking shit up. But yeah, swallowing his gum is the thing that really mm. really angers him. Yeah. So then, obviously, that they, as you said, Lou, they uh, kind of combo attack him and uh, take him down. He's uh he is slumped forward and beaten, and uh, yeah, I think uh, is there is there a moment between I can't remember the point that leads up to does does Gideon deliver some form of dialogue? Yeah, so his uh, his glasses are still on the ground, and uh, his voice is coming from the glasses, isn't it? And Scott yes. picks them up. Nega Scott. And he says something to do with like, you know, <laughs> you you can't. It's something to do with like you can't fully win the fight until you beat yourself, or to, until you. To, yeah, I can't remember what the line is. Yeah, it's, um, I, I just, I love the way they played this. Like they could have squeezed out another awesome. fight. Yeah, with with Neg Scott, but it Who's, just kind of cuts to. Yeah, to, they just talked it through. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, because literally they get cool. into the fighting stance, don't they? And then it just cuts to Ramona and Knives talking outside in the snow, and then the, the shutters start. <laughs> oh, what 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 happened? It's, Oh uh, yeah, we just kind of he's a he's a we kind of shut the shit for a bit. Yeah, shut the shit for a bit. It actually turns out he's a really good guy. We've got a lot in common. Yeah. We're actually going to grab breakfast, breakfast next week. week. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, but yeah, I totally agree with with Barney. Like they could have, in fact, every, like when I haven't watched this film in a while, there's something in my mind tells me that there's a there's a whole scene after that. Yeah, and I'm always I pleasantly surprised when it cuts because I'm like. Don't get me wrong; it's a great movie, but it's almost like it's like the fourth major battle sequence in a very short amount of time. Uh, but it doesn't happen, and I think that that's just—it's so much better for it. Yeah, agreed. I've um, yeah, I, I sorry, I was just going to say yeah, I forget every single time I watch it that 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 the fight with Nega Scott doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah, it's always that point where you're like, oh, here we go again, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just remembered Gideon's dialogue whilst he's slumped on the floor he goes off in a rage about how long it took him to get all of the contact information for the other 
evil exes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two hours. That is two hours. <laughs> Do you know how long it took me to get all that contact information? Two <laughs> hours. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And then, yeah, you see, we see Knives' maturity at the end, don't we? She turns out to be the the most mature character of them all at the end where she she tells Scott to go after Ramona because he's just been say, fighting for her the whole time. As if Ramona tried to leave after he just yeah. killed seven people yeah. to be with her. She was like, oh, yeah, I'm, serious. Out. I'm out. Do you know what? Also, we do? don't address... Yeah, we should address the fact that Scott is a serial killer. He is. Yeah. And there are a lot of witnesses. Yeah, literally. I mean, but, he... Well, I mean, just in that final sequence with... Gideon and killing all that security he kills like what 20 20 guys yeah it's a lot of yeah. guys and Canada's but a safe Ramona's place a serial data so true yeah, yeah. Very there's true. a lot of uh, Ramona gets a lot of hate um, for, for her behaviour in the film but she's very clear about her intentions from the start she makes she doesn't I think there are moments where she's probably leading Scott on but she's she always makes it clear that that is that that's how her relationships tend to go. Um, so I think I think very the characters true. are written very well. I think there's you you can't fault them for you know not being upfront about their intentions. Apart from Scott, who leads knives on for a while. <laughs> you went wrong, <laughs> but only but only cheats on her. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, uh, I suppose that's kind of the end of the film isn't it it's the end it is. of the movie I've got, a, I've got one more fun fact actually um, about this movie one more fun fact actually about this movie uh, so you know, as you might be aware Beck wrote some of the songs on the soundtrack he wasn't responsible for all of them but he wrote some of them and there's a lo- very lovely rendition of Ramona um, the song that Scott writes for Ramona yeah. Um, by Beck in the film um, towards the end but uh, I watched an interview with um, Edgar Wright and he says on it that they, they basically they, uh, Beck wanted to be a part of the movie and the, the producer the, the sound producer on the movie um, was friends with Beck so they, that's how they sort of got, got him in but Beck said that he would record some songs some like uh, some demo tracks for the movie in the course of a weekend, after a weekend, he gave Edgar Wright a CD with 22 songs on it. And <laughs> they did, even better than that is that they did no re-records. So the, mo- the, the the versions of the songs in the movie are the exact versions that Beck recorded in a weekend and and gave to, to Edgar Wright, which I think is just... That's pretty impressive. I, I mean, it's a testament to Beck's what a musical talent. genius, but it's just great. God, it, it sounds weird. Um someone creating something and the client not having amends. <laughs> um, it just, just, it doesn't sound natural. It, I, I'm almost skeptical of your story. It sounds <laughs> perfect though. For, it, it sounds perfect for, uh, for Scott Pilgrim though, right? Like in a world where things yeah. just seem so absurd, um, something like that happening in the background makes a lot of sense. We'll never get that in real life. No. What What is a, a, a job without amends? Never. <laughs> it's not real. Uh, I think it's time for final thoughts. I think is it, it not? Is. Okay. Uh, we've not done this for for a few weeks now, so let's see if we can come up with some some kind yeah. of. Uh, 
I, I would actually like to start to try it rather than just try it at the same time. Okay. So, um, so, so we'll just be following your lead. Yeah, yeah, do whatever. Okay, sounds good. Final, 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 just the once and then you know we then scalpers can get hold of it yeah and because um they don't make enough it won't be straight away but i think in a couple of months we'll get the we'll have the um the brie larson vocal cover as well so we'll, uh, we'll get in touch with their agent yeah should be well up for it i reckon yeah who, who wants to go first final thoughts you're the uh you're the compare okay um can't really m- you know, just be mirroring everything we've said throughout. I think there's a there's an element. It's like the the film is absurd, and plays on that in such a brilliant way, but does everything with such polish and finesse. And the details in it are just incredible. The writing's amazing. the The soundtrack's amazing. The fact that they played all the music themselves in the soundtrack is amazing. And just yeah, the cinematography. That there's just nothing. There's not a single part of this movie I can't fault. And I usually give, uh, you know, skewed figures, but for this movie, I'm I'm just going to give it a straight ten out of ten. It is a, it's per, it's a perfect. I don't. I'm trying to think of a video game term. Um, if it got to the end of the movie and got a rating, it would also get a little platinum trophy. That's very That's high great. praise. Yeah, that is high praise. In fairness, I um, I completely agree on many fronts. Um, I think I can give it an almost perfect score. Um, I know Lewis has given it a perfect score, but there's just one thing I can't let go. I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm gonna fucking I'll do a re- I will fucking spend an afternoon on After Effects fixing that shit for you. <laughs> it's uh, the movie is seriously it's it's a very is it fantastic. It's really well made. Um, you know all of the points we've said throughout. Uh, throughout this episode but I cannot honestly live my life happily giving it a 10 out of 10 with the centered text message that uh, uh, that was sent so you know I'm going to dock let's say quarter of a point for uh, for this you know this bad user interface design Um, uh, so you know I'm going to give it whatever that leaves (laughs) leaves <laughs> nine, <laughs> nine and three quarters <laughs> nine and three quarters out of ten nice nice uh i mean i can't really add anything to what you guys have already said i think it's such a good watch um i think no matter how often you watch it you'll always be entertained and you'll always find new things that you haven't seen on previous watches um so yeah i think for me i think i'm going to follow lou i'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 because I'm not a designer, so that centered text doesn't bother me. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it was a, a masterpiece, and I just wish that there was more books for them to turn into more films, because I think I could quite easily watch films in this style again and again and again. Agreed. I think it was just done with such 
like care, care and yeah, exactly that care and attention. You know, for something for something, and I, I think you can fall into comic book tropes a lot of the time. I mean, jujitsu did where they just did the fucking line art that was done in Photoshop. Um, it's fucking awful. But this was just done with such a like it tried to be its own thing, but capture some of the, the immediacy of comic book frames and the the way that action is a bit more. Um, I say sped up, but like you know, stunted in a way. Like the way it's just it's just the perfect um, interpretation of that kind of video game based, uh, comic book based um, comedy action movie. Yeah. And speaking yeah. of, we didn't mention this in in the new in the new section, but. I can't even remember if we had a new section, but we're we going did. to. Do okay. we have a new well, section? We'll have one at the end now. <laughs> we uh, we, we have, have one, one now. We we're going to have one at the start, but um, for anyone who hasn't seen it, go and watch. Uh, he's got a new trailer out for a horror movie that he's written called uh, Last Night in Soho. And uh, we won't go into the whole trailer now because that's not what we're doing. But um, you can kind of see from what they're, what they're giving away in that movie that vis- uh, visually it's, 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 it is very Edgar Wright. So if you're a fan of Shaun of the Dead, if you're a fan of Hot Fuzz, if you're a fan of of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, then it looks like um, he's bringing the same, same right magic while well, him and his brother bring the same right magic into that, um, into that movie as well. Yeah. It yeah. looks great. The trade, I think um, trying not to, I mean, I can give away a little something. Um, there's a, in, in the trailer, there's a, there's a cover of downtown, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Downtown. And it just—I think it really—it it sets it sets the tone really well for the for the trailer, uh, and it's a surprising, it you know it works surprisingly well. Um, so yeah, definitely if you've not seen it, go check it out. There we are. That's episode six. It That's is episode six. Yeah. Wow. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Go and watch it. Even if you've watched it already, watch it again. And uh, I might I finish watching it on Thursday evening and I'm probably going to watch it I'll probably at least have it on the background at some point today it is a classic mm-hmm. enjoy it everyone please do and enjoy your weekends your weekdays your mornings your, your midnights whatever 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 time it is whatever day it is week year season planet we could you could be listening to this you could be on Mars right now hope it's all hope it's all nice up there or down there because if you're on Mars you know Earth is the reference so goodbye everyone if you're in space if you're in space I hope you I hope hope your oxygen he's not done he's He's not not finished no I'm not I'm gonna let you finish I'm gonna let you finish but Beyonce go ahead Uh, so if you're Taylor Swift um hi um if you could if you could put us on your Instagram stories I'm sure that would actually you know that would be really helpful uh I think you've got a few followers I can't remember I think think she listens to this we do have some American Listeners. And yeah, if you're in the ISS or you're in, in some sort of space program, um, let's just hope everything's going going all right. Hopefully hope you're, you're still sealed that up. You, that you want. Yeah, hope there's no, hope there are no leaks. Hope, hope, you, hope you're getting the data or the data that, you, that you're after. Data. Um, bye, bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>